0: A great hand, praise. I guess since we're in that vein, I do want to thank this ministry. I want to thank Pastor Wright for the liberty that he has allowed for the Holy Ghost to flow in this church. Jesus did many miracles. He is very effective. Except when it came down to Nazareth. The Bible says that he can only heal a few sick folk the reason why is because of their unbelief one place says unbelief another one deals with honor it is not all the time that we have the liberty to follow the Holy Ghost to the degree that we're able to Especially when you consider some of the boundaries and barriers that we have in place with social distancing, um, not being able to come to altars laying hands on people. I've never in my life preached and not once stepped out of the pulpit in a whole revival. I have found that God doesn't necessarily need our limbs. I found that God doesn't need our structure. If there's anything that I've learned is that God needs our obedience, our cooperation, our submission to the Holy Ghost. I thank the Lord for what he has done thus far in this place I thank the Lord for the hospitality that your church family has bestowed upon us we even had a wonderful lasagna that was baked praise the Lord where she at if you ain't never had a lasagna I don't know I don't know what she put in that lasagna, but my God, if you've never ate lasagna, you need to give her a call. (laughs) She baked more than cookies. (laughs) Amen. And also the family that made that, that fish and all that good crawfish and shrimp and all that good stuff for us. The other day, we thank the Lord. But nevertheless, God has been moving in this place, and I'm telling you that there's more. You can be seated. It's not always easy. Navigating through systems, people. I've learned over this short period of time on earth that it is impossible to please everybody. Somebody is always going to be mad. There's always gonna be someone that's not satisfied with what you do or what you don't do. I remember years ago coming on to the evangelist field. I shut down a business. My wife was an RN. I told her to come off her job. My son was a baby. At the time, I remember a gentleman coming to me, and I guess it was something concerning the way I did things. He said, Brother Hurdy he says, you've got a great ministry. He said, but I'm going to tell you how to be a successful evangelist. A lot of what I got, once again, is not because I got it from church. A lot of what I do today, I did it on the smaller scale when I was in prison. 20 years ago when it started, 21. Wow, it's been that long. I feel like I'm old, but I'm not. I said, I started just obeying the voice of God and whatever I saw in the scripture, I just did it. But I learned that when I started getting into organized church, I found that there is a system that tries to run parallel with the system of God. It is a church within a church, a kingdom within a kingdom, a structure within a structure. And he told me, he said, these are the things I think you should do. He said, first of all, you've got a Lincoln L.S., You got your wife and you got your son traveling around this country in a car. If you're going to be a successful evangelist, you need to get you a fifth wheel. Straight up. I couldn't even afford a fifth wheel. Better yet, purchasing another truck. But he was convinced that the success of the ministry would be based upon what vehicle I pulled up in. He said, "Brother Heard." He said, um, "I know a lot of preachers." He said, "I evangelized. I traveled all over this world, all over this country." I'm sorry. He said, I'm just going to tell you. He said that when it comes down the preachers that pull up in my church parking lot with a car, I don't take him serious. He said, I know you say that you are a full-time evangelist, but if you pull up in my parking lot in a car, I'm going to pay you like you're a part-time evangelist. Sister Hurt, what do you do? Do you play? No, I don't play. What does your wife do? Does she sing? No, she doesn't sing. Oh, okay, well, then your wife, she don't do nothing. I heard my wife sing in church for the first, she was sung on a praise team before I got married. I never heard her sing until we were in the Philippines a couple of years ago in church. said, do you sing? Do you play? What do you do? She prays. I remember having a dream one night when I was single. And there was a woman that was older than me that I eventually figured out. She was after me. I didn't think that that was possible because of her age. But she always was asking me, Brother Hurt, why don't you ask God to show you your wife? And I got sick of her asking me. And then one night I had a dream. And out of nowhere, this woman appears in my dream and she says, Ask the Lord to show you your wife. Ask the Lord to show you your wife. Ask the Lord to show you the wife. I just looked up towards heaven. I said, God, please show me <laughs> Come on. Come on. my wife. Next thing you know, I saw this short woman that seen out the peripheral. Of a church service I would attended the week or so before. Come and walk right beside me. And she knelt down and prayed. And the Lord was like, that is your wife. I think the Lord that he didn't bless me with a playing wife, but he blessed me with a praying wife. He said, Brother Hurt, you're going to be successful. He said, you need to make sure that you preach these kind of messages. They had asked me, they said, how many, what has been going on within your ministry over the past several months? I said, well, people are getting the Holy Ghost. People are being baptized. I said, we're having miracles as well. And I began to talk about the people that were getting the Holy Ghost, and he stopped me. He said, it's not always about people getting the Holy Ghost. I'm scratching my head. Because... I wasn't using church or the institution as my blueprint for revival. I wasn't using a favorite evangelist, a mentor as a blueprint. Because where I started at, I wish I would have had a mentor, but I just didn't. I wish I would have known some powerful evangelist, but I didn't. But I was impressed with what I saw written. There is something that happens when you take your eyes off of what you see. And you set your eyes upon the expectation of what you hear. If God said, let there be light, and light appeared. And if God said, let the dry ground appear and all of a sudden dry ground comes up out of the water if God commands the fowls of the air to come forth all of a sudden you see fowls flying that is enough for me to have expectation of seeing whatever God speaks out of his mouth You don't have to have seen it before in order to see it. You don't have to have experienced it before in order to experience it. You don't have to have been there before in order to obtain it. Faith does not come by your experience, but faith comes by your experience. Hearing. something happens when you expect what you hear. The Lord told me, he said, George, you get whatever you preach. You get what you hear. You get not only just what you hear, but what you expect. I came into the church, except this time it's with the intent to minister. And I found that people gather themselves together with the only intent in mind of hearing what God has said. But no expectation of seeing what God said come to pass. Preaching that God is the truth, but expecting the results of a liar. Because somewhere along the line, the culture steps in and says that we don't necessarily have to see what God says come to pass. Just me hearing it alone, that's good enough for me. I found that what is good enough for you may not be good enough for God. God still loves to see a person repent when they hear the word of God. God gets excited when he sees a person stand up when they could not walk. God still loves... To see someone come in that was blind. But because they heard and they expected what they heard, they were able to see what came to pass. See it come to pass. What they heard the Lord say that he would do. the preacher begins to literally try to tear me down. And at this moment, I said, you know what? I I just don't think I'm cut out for this. Because even though I felt like I fit in the secret place, didn't feel like I fit in the congregation of the saints. I remember going to another revival. That church, I'd never experienced racism. I stepped into that church. I just didn't believe that it was possible to be baptized, filled with the Holy Ghost, having revival. I called a young preacher the other day. He said, It's impossible to have revival in Eurasis. That's not Bible. Why? Because there are plenty of people that have revival whose hearts are not right. Revival is not the fruit of a pure heart. Revival is not the fruit of a clean heart. Revival is the fruit of something that was dead, that now wants to live. And the only one that can take credit for the resurrection of dead things is not the dead preacher that God may be using. But the only one that can take the credit of dead things is the one that resurrected Jesus Christ from the grave. He said that I am the resurrection. begin to mess with my psyche, I begin to learn that it is possible to be used and be lost. It is possible to be used and be off. the Lord began to bring to me Peter. Peter was being used of God mightily. Healing people at the gate called beautiful. Had an angel come and deliver him from prison. But Peter had an issue in his heart that wasn't changed until Paul came and confronted His issue. Paul didn't get on social media and blast Peter. Paul did not broadcast Peter's problems all over the world. Paul did not use Peter's issue as a platform. To usurp authority against Peter. But Paul used the grace of God. To confront the issue of Peter. This man takes me into the room. And he says... What are your thoughts about Reverend so-and-so? You know, when he said his name, I was like, okay, cool. He's he's done bashing me. You know, he's brought up a guy that a lot of people like. I began to talk to him. I was like, you know, I, I think he's a good preacher. I haven't really read a lot of his books. I got some of them, but I just never read them. He says... I don't like him. (laughs) I think he's off. He used to be my pastor. A religious spirit don't mind putting its mouth on the Holy Spirit. A religious spirit has no problem touching that which is holy. We have to be careful that we don't become so full of the Holy Ghost. At one time, that we stop being full of the Holy Ghost and we become full of ourselves. And drunk off the things that the Holy Ghost has done through you and for you in the past. I found that it did not take much to offend people. I'd go to one place, and they say, "Brother, where's your robe?" I'm like, "I don't. I didn't. I didn't see no robe in the Bible. I'm looking through Acts." You, you gotta have a, you gotta have a role if you're gonna be a preacher. You go somewhere else. You gotta work on that hoop. I found that out when I started preaching out here. You can raise a dead but if you don't hoop while you're doing it. Put me in C sharp. Because I don't know no keys and I ain't got no rhythm. Put me in C sharp. I'd be over in I don't know how to start making up (laughs) Z-flat. If you're going to be successful. Had one preacher. He said, brother, I want you to quit prophesying. He said, I want to get you into this other organization. They don't have no prophetic voice like yours, but 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 listen, you're black. And they need a black voice. They will get with your preaching. You preached my house down the other day. I believe if you do this, just don't, don't prophesy. He was trying to prepare me when I was going to a church to preach. I went to the church, started preaching. Forgot what he said. The Bible didn't say let this mind be in me that was also in Christ. The Bible said let this mind be in me that was in Jesus, not this mind that was in him. Went to the church. Next thing you know, I started prophesying. I just started talking about, I, I wasn't even familiar with the church, wasn't familiar with the organization. I'm just trying to follow the Holy Ghost. And next thing you know, I say, you know, you got people that get angry and they build, you get angry and they don't like the fact that they get voted in the, they're not voted in the places. and Because they don't get voted in the places, they quit, they go and they built these organizations because they're mad that they didn't get a position in the other organizations. I just went on and kept on preaching. We went to Ruby Tuesdays after church or Fridays after church. The preacher didn't want to talk to me. Like you done really messed it all up. I was trying to get you through the door and you done shut the door. If you're going to be successful, you got to learn how To conform. Can I tell you that God is not looking for conformity? God is looking for some people in this church that will submit yourself to the voice of God, to the word of God, to the spirit of God. Why am I talking about this? Because you got this thing on your sign that says grow. And when I think about grow, oftentimes churches think about numerical growth. They're only concerned about the numbers, not concerned about the content concerned about how many you run but not concerned about how many are going I think that when the rapture takes place some of these big churches are going to find out that they run the same amount as the small churches Because everyone that's coming ain't going. Why am I saying this? They started saying, Brother Hurt, who's your mentors? I'm getting frustrated. I'm like, I'm trying to find a mentor. I'm like, where did I miss that? Not opposed to mentors. Who is? Who are your mentors? Name them. I don't know. I, I got a pastor. I got some people that are in the church that have helped me a little bit, but I got the Holy Ghost. Somewhere along the line, the spirit of this culture has convinced you not to have any confidence in the Holy Ghost, but only have confidence in somebody else that's got the Holy Ghost. What are you saying, Brother Hurd? I'm not talking about getting rid of apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. You need that government. But even Paul said, do not neglect the gift that was in you by the laying on of hands. There's a gift that has been put on the inside of you that your relationship with the Holy Ghost should be greater than your relationship with men and women that have the power of the Holy Ghost. Why am I saying this? Because when you deal with growth, You deal with something that must be planted first. Nothing grows in this world without being planted. Something's going to grow in this world. There must be something watering it. Let me see you grow without being fed. Let me see you grow without any kind of sunshine. Let me see you grow without being watered. The point for growth is that growth will cause you to do what? When you grow, you will bring forth fruit. The way you know an individual is growing in their relationship with God It's not just their consistency in speaking in tongues. But true maturity is measured by the fruit on your tree. God wants you first to produce spiritual fruit. The fruit of the spirit. Like I told you, I had a dream the other night, yesterday or this morning, that I had one more day to live. And at first I began to panic. But then I realized I'm going to a destination that I've been waiting my whole entire life for. I found out years ago that the church, somewhere along the line, the people of God had become bewitched. Because they get excited only when it comes down to temporary things. And will sit on you when you start talking about eternal things. They are faithfully coming as long as the temporary things are intact in their life. But the moment those temporary things start being shaken, then they're so quick to walk away from the eternal things. Can I tell someone? Are you in love with God or are you infatuated with God? Because infatuation and love is two different things. Infatuation is a strong lust. See, lust is a consumer. Love is a giver. What are you giving to God? Because if your love for God is just something that you receive from God and not something that you give to God, then you're not in love with God. You are infatuated. With God. And somewhere along the line, the church has become infatuated. You ever met somebody that's just so full of themselves? Keep looking in the mirror, keep looking at yourself. Girl, I look good, don't I? I look good, don't I? You you know I got it. You know I got it. You know I got it. See somebody constantly checking themselves out in the mirror. Not to see if they're looking more like him. To please him, but looking more like what they have imagined for themselves, see so they've got an image that they want, and it's not the image of God, but it's an image that they have created, and they idolize that image, and it's the image that they have worshiped, and I have found that in the church, saints have erected images, but God calls them idols. Are you in love with Christ or are you in love with a graven image that you call Christ? Are you in love with just, I'm just happy to be in the church. But is God freely flowing through your church? Is God freely flowing through you as a member? Or do you like the idea of being a part of something that you make no contribution to? God is looking for some people tonight It says, God, I want to come forth. See, how many of you in this room have dreams from God? Put your hands down. How many of you have dreams from God that's much bigger than where you're at right now? how many of you will honestly say that you're waiting on people more than you're waiting on God? There's only one honest person. Waiting on people more than you're waiting on God. Because see, the thing is this. The culture makes you, or the institution makes you wait for corporate opinion or corporate cooperation and ignore the need and the direction of the spirit. The need that may be in front of you or the direction of the Holy Ghost that is moving on the inside of you. There are those in this room that the only time you feel confident is when you're in the congregation of the saints. But can I tell you that God never intended for the light to be hid under a bush? supposed to be placed upon the candlestick. See, in this world, there's darkness. But there shouldn't be darkness in the church. God has kept you and I here on this earth to be salt and light. That means... That you have a role to play. You have a, an assignment to fulfill. And you're going to fulfill that assignment. But your perception of how that assignment is fulfilled has got to change. There's some people that say, I uh, had one gentleman contact me the other day and he has a tendency to call me every single time he's going somewhere to preach. And every time he calls me, say, I want to let you know I'm going to this place. I said, why is it? One day I just got tired. I said, why is it that every time you call me or contact me or message me, you're asking me to pray for you when you're going to someone else's pulpit, but you never contact me when you're going to do outreach? Isn't that ministry? Isn't that ministry if you're going to minister to someone on the job? Yeah. Well, why is it that you only contact me when you say you're about to do ministry? Somewhere along the line, you were thought, you were told that true ministry is not until you get to this platform. God's not wanting this mindset anymore in the church. I'm telling you that there's a lot of things that are changing. I told my wife when we were leaving Mission Barbecue, hallelujah. I said in the last day, we think that the body just being one big body, being able to come together is just what's going to preserve the church. There are people that die. Churches that are saying, preachers say, man, there's so many people that backslid because they couldn't come together as a corporate body. And I'm not for sure if they're going to be able to make it. But in this final hour, you got to understand that if all of us were in this room and we were all here together and everybody decided that they were going to come outside and surround this building and shoot or burn this building down. And all the saints were gathered together in one place. All the saints of Annapolis were gathered together in this place at one time. You know what would happen? You can kill this whole body. What will preserve the body in the last days is that the body, what you consider an inconvenience, will be a convenience to the body of Christ. Because what preserves a body is not just a whole body, but what preserves a body are the many cells that make up the body that if something happens to a particular cell over here, it might happen to there, but it is an isolated incident. But over here, this body is still growing. It is still multiplying. It is still producing. And can I tell this church that what you may call a church, may not necessarily be church. This building is not a church. This is a facility. Jesus did not die for the brick and mortar. Out of his side did not come a building. Out of his side did not come brick and mortar. He did not purchase this building with his own blood. Wells Fargo did that. But can I tell you tonight that God is purchasing and has purchased our salvation with his blood. The church is a part of the bride of Christ. The church is not just an individual. There's not one person in this room that can stand up and say, I am the church. The church is not one member, but the church is one body made up of many members. The issue is that when you don't know who you are, then you don't know what to do. If you take on a model, and some of you listen, and from what I've seen, I've seen thus far pretty much an apostolic model here as far as vision. But when it comes down to individual application, I am seeing a harlot mixing with the church. I am seeing darkness trying to mix itself with light. I'm seeing the bitter water trying to mix itself with the sweet water. Why? Because some of us in this room don't realize how much of that harlot. See, the thing is, when you take a woman that has been brought out of the world that has played the role of the harlot, She's got to be taught how to be holy. You, 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 you just can't turn her into a housewife. It, it actually takes time. You, you don't just turn her into a good mother. You don't just turn her into a good wife. You don't just turn her into a good sister. There's a process. There's a transformation that must take place with the mind. What do you mean by the hurt it is possible to be brought out but what happens when not only are you brought out of the things of this world but what happens when you're brought out of a mindset that comes with false church why am i saying this because the disciples did more With less than what we're doing with more. I'm persuaded that we've got more money than what the church had back then. I'm persuaded that we've got more people that are baptized and filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost in one city than what they probably had in their whole region. The difference is the mindset. There was a young man, who was it? Was it you that came to me that first day? He said, I was out there. We were we were trying to pray with someone that was sick. When was the last time you stepped out and said, you know what, we're going outside and we're getting ready to turn this city upside down? I mean, what's the revival without souls being saved? Now, I'm not just talking about just bringing them to the building. See, the devil has no problem with, it, with, with with you just getting people filled with the Holy Ghost in this building. He has a problem. But you really want to have a problem. Start getting folks filled with the Holy Ghost right there in their neighborhood. <laughs> Take the light to where the dark areas are instead of trying to get the dark areas to come to where the light is. When I first started preaching in churches, it was hard. As a youth pastor, I refused to preach at church. I'd bring other people in. And the reason being because saints, saints, they were critical. They were even looking at their watch or they're looking at how you're quoting the scripture or how you're delivering the message. They weren't concerned about the content. They were concerned about the delivery. But when was the last time you got mad at Amazon for not bringing an Amazon truck but sending the Amazon driver and his personal vehicle to drop it off to you? I mean, I got the ring doorbell app and I'm like, who's it at the door? Somebody just drove up with a, with a Ford Taurus. They don't even make those no more. <laughs> at the police... I said, my wife is like, oh, I don't know. I'm like, I like he, he, he came. All all I caught was somebody. He came to the door. He ran and he ran off. Get home and there's an Amazon box sending there. I didn't sit back and get mad and say, I don't know what's wrong with Amazon. <laughs> they could have at least used one of the Amazon trucks. When was the last time you got mad at the mailman because he didn't show up with mailman clothes on? I don't know how it is out here. Maybe it's different, but back home, my mailman wears his hat backwards. I mean, not where we live at now, but the... (laughs) Uh, Straight up. Mailman walk around with his hat backwards, pants sagging. He told me he said, "Yeah, you know, we I just I'm, I'm a contractor now. They we don't they don't hire people no more. We just contractors." I found that saints like the certain look instead of a certain sound. And like a certain feel, it ain't even, they will ignore the sound if it feels good. What do you mean, Brother Hurd? It, 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 it? It's like this. It feels like Esau, but it sounds like Jacob. You are going to start blessing the wrong thing when you start moving by what you feel instead of moving by what you hear. You will find yourself laying hands and touching things that you ought not touch and by the time it's over with and done, you're going to get back and you're going to say, I've been tricked, I've been boozled, I've been tricked. But the issue is, is that you walk by feeling instead of walk by hearing. What are you saying, brother? God's looking for some people who say, God, I'm not the most spectacular person. I'm not looking. I need you to deprogram me. I, I need to be detoxed. Not like the person that's an alcoholic and say, I, I'm good. I'm not no alcoholic. I can still drive. talking about someone that says I'm not comfortable with my ability just to be able to still drive I want to be sound so that I can know the will of God why am I saying this it's because God's looking for someone in this room that's not waiting to go to Bible college Before you accept your call to God. Not waiting for someone to say. Well I can't do this because I'm not the most learned. God's looking for someone. That will move with love. And will step out. And will let the Lord use them. He's looking for somebody that walks. I remember as a child walking and it was hard for me to walk past somebody that was homeless without me giving them something. My mother On the other hand, she could do it. And if I gave them something, and she asked later, you got any more money? Parents back then, they asked you to give them money, and they wouldn't pay you back. She said, you got any money? I said, no, I gave it to the homeless guy. She said, what'd you do that for? You almost homeless. Can't make this stuff up. (laughs) It's hard. Like I told you the other day, to sit back and know that I've got power. Sooner or later, you got to say, all right, I got to let this thing work some of you right now on the verge of one of the biggest miracles and breakthroughs that you've ever seen in your life. Somebody didn't hear that. Some of you don't realize that you're on the verge of one of the biggest breakthroughs and one of the biggest miraculous moves of God. church out here is used to seeing the move of God and it's an evangelist. We bring it all the way back to a, a, a special service and we're like, we're in revival. So what happens is you're saying that you can't have revival unless you're in the facility, unless it's organized and structured. I don't like those kind of revivals. I like the kind where the roof blows off the building. I like the kind that is out of control. I like the kind where people are like, we, we don't have enough baptistries. We we, 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 don't, we don't have enough robes. We, 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 we've got cars lined up down the street. We've, we've got people. We, 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 we've got too many people. We don't have enough laborers. I am convinced when there are more laborers than there is harvest, then there's not revival. But can I tell you that there is a revival where there's more harvest than there are laborers? But you will never see that revival until the laborers begin to go out and begin to try to reap the harvest. Talking about the kind, it's out of control. Something that that causes you to step out of your comfort zone. What do you say? Hard to sit back and do nothing. It's hard to sit back and wait for this grand moment before you make your entrance. I'm not going to preach until the pastor calls and be like, ring. Hey, brother John, you on deck for Sunday. Really? Brother John gets starts texting people. I need you to pray, 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 pray. I got to preach this weekend. I got to preach this weekend. You're going on all kind of fast for your performance. You, you weren't fasting for souls, but you will fast for a performance. Why? Because I don't want the preacher to put me up. And then I don't hit, the, hit it out the park, and then I got to sit back on the bench. I got to let the church know I got the goods. So you're fasting so that you can be approved of man. Instead of studying to make yourself approved of God. You're getting up. Coming up with your Bible up under your arm. That proud preacher look. Praise the Lord. If you could lift your hands. I feel the Spirit of the Lord moving through this house. You know, no, I'm not telling you to do that. And you think that you're nothing unless the people approve of your message. Jesus said, if you don't believe me for what I say, at least believe me what I do. Approval does not come by the amen of man. Approval comes by the demonstration of what has been spoken. What are you saying, Brother Hurt? You need to have an expectation that after you say something on the job, God's going to perform what you have preached. God's going to perform what you have prayed. Can I tell you that if you put the word in the atmosphere, there will be a demonstration that is manifested by the spirit realm. said, my word will go forth. I'm talking about somebody. That, that just says, you know what? They, they said, Brother Hurt, you, you're just zealous. I'd rather be zealous than dead. You, you, you just got a lot of zeal and no knowledge. You got a lot of knowledge and no zeal. That's retarded. you said, "Brother Hurt, I'm talking to somebody in this church tonight that you have set back, you have missed your moment, you have missed your seasons, you have missed opportunity after opportunity, week after week, day after day, walking past a revival, walking past a miracle, walking past a healing, walking past a deliverance, walking past a breakthrough, because you're looking for a grand entrance. But can I tell you that when Jesus?" came into the city he didn't come in walking on a black stallion he did not come in riding on a white horse but he came riding in on a donkey and can i tell you that if you're gonna miss this season There were those that sat back and they saw him immediately and they cried out, Hosanna, Hosanna. They recognized that the king was in the building. But for those that were looking for a grand entrance, for those that were looking for a performance, they said, Jesus said, if thou would have known what pertaineth unto thy peace. They rejected. They missed their moment. Because they were looking for a pharisaical grand entrance. And because Jesus didn't lay out the red carpet for you. You missed the moment. I don't need a red carpet. Just lay the blood. Just order my steps. Just speak your word. He said the word of the Lord is a light unto our feet and a lap unto our path. Put the pathway in front of me. Put the need in front of me. If I can't hear your voice, show me the need. If I can't feel your spirit, present the need to me. You got to understand if God don't speak to you audibly, he will put the need in front of you and say I've got to do something uh, do you feed your children because uh, you're waiting for an anointing to come upon you to go downstairs and feed them breakfast uh, or you recognize the hour and you look at the fact that they have not eaten and you go downstairs and you fix them something to eat uh, do you go into the room of the crying baby or do you wait for the baby to cry before you change that baby's diaper no I'm not going to wait for the cry uh, I Recognize the time. I see the need. Listen, God will either speak to you audibly or he will speak to you through a need. Yeah, 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 yeah. On, hey. And when he shows up, you do not wait. Right. By measuring, do I have what it takes to meet the whole need? mm Bible says. They said. Master. The people. Have been following you. For days. They're hungry. Let us. Go get something. Jesus said, you have anything to eat? No. What do you have? There's a young lad. I'm telling you. There's a young lad in this church. There's some young lads in this building. There's one young lad that has two fish. And five loaves of bread. Two little fishes. Five loaves of bread. See, when you wait for a performance before you move, see the performance is based off of skill. You got to have good technique like I talked about being a great actor. But when you're no longer acting, you understand that it's not in your technique, but it's in your obedience. It's better to do something than to do nothing. The land comes forth with his two fishes, and five loaves. I don't know. 5,000 men, not inc- 5,000 people, men, not including women and children. That young lad could have said, I don't have enough. This that I have. Is not enough to feed what is needed. God never gave you the fish and the loaves to meet the needs of the people. God gave you the fish and the loaves to give to him so that he could meet the needs of the people. The miracle is in your obedience and your giving yourself back into the hands of God so that God can do a work and can do a breakthrough and can do a miracle through what you've got left. You saying, brother Hurt? If Jesus can take two fish and five loaves of bread that belong to a little boy and feed 5,000 people and more, How much more can God do if you will give what you've got? I'm not just talking about your money. I'm talking about with your giftings. I'm talking about with that anointing. I'm talking about with your faith. I'm talking about with that message. I'm talking about what you know that is written. I'm not telling you to give what you don't have. I'm saying give what you do have. And if you will give what you do have, you will see what you never had. This young man, gives it to the Lord. The Lord lifts it up towards heaven and He gives thanks for what the Lord has provided. If what you've got is not enough to meet the whole need, it may be enough to birth a miracle, to produce what is needed. What do you mean by the hurt? I'm saying that if you would step out on what you do have, you'll see a miracle that you've never seen before. You'll see a demonstration that you've never encountered before. But God's looking for somebody. And say, you know what? I don't care what somebody else thinks. I like it when I see young men that step out there. I have one preacher, he said, man, I got these young guys that are going in the Walmart, laying hands on people. They, they just need some wisdom. You need some faith. It just, well, well, they're making the church look bad. No, maybe you're making the church look bad. By your lack of faith. Who in this room want to be used of God? Thank you, Lord. Would you lift your hands towards heaven? I surrender. Lord, tonight, there's somebody in this room that is hungry. There's somebody in this room that is thirsty. There's somebody in this room that is that goes to sleep at night. They dream about revival. They dream about miracles. There are other people, Lord God, in this room that you have spoken to them throughout the years. But they wrestled with the insecurity. They, they wrestled with fear. They wrestled with the perception of the people. The other people in this room, that feel like they, they just don't have the goods because, because they're just not as studious as other people. But they've got a hunger. Tonight, in the name of Jesus, I pray, Lord God, that you would move upon that individual. Oh, God. Oh, Lord, I pray, Lord God, that the lad would come forth. Oh, God, I pray, Lord God, that you would get a hold of the lad. You would get a hold of that person that's working with a little bit. They they, they may not have a whole lot. He didn't call them by his name. We, We just got a young boy over here. We just got a young lad over here. Come on is there somebody in this room that that that, that 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 they may not know your name. Your name might not be on the big screen. They might not even record your name, but you're content with being called a young lad. Just let me be used of God. You'll be content with being called a young girl. Just let me be used of God. You're content with being called just a nobody, but just let me be used of God. You, you, you're you content with what everybody else thinks and what everybody else says. Just let me be used of, I've got something to give. I've got something to bring to to the table. I've got something to give to the city. Come on. In the name of Jesus, there's an awakening that has taken place in this area. There's a great awakening that is coming to this area. Come on. But in the name of Jesus, there has to be somebody that brings forth what you've got. Come on. You might not have to fast. Listen, he didn't go on the fast to produce more than what he had. But he gave what he had and God multiplied it. Listen, You've got to give what you've got. You've You've got to present what you've got. You've got to pour out what you've got and God will open up the door. God will release the miracle. God will release the breakthrough. God will release the anointing. So you got to understand this is not for your glory, but this is for the glory of God. Come on, in the name of Jesus, God is looking for somebody tonight that will step into this place. God's looking for somebody tonight that will not just walk out of here with a new anointing, but will walk out of here and use what they've got uh, and say the Lord is going to multiply. Is there somebody in this room this night uh, that will let the Lord multiply what you've got? Uh, I'm going to preach like I've never preached before. I'm not going to wait, praise the Lord, until it's my time on the circuit. Uh, I'm going to go and I'm going to go to the nursing home. Uh, I'm going to go to the apartment complex. Uh, I'm going to go out on the street corner with a bullhorn. I'm going to preach this thing. Uh, I'm going to preach it on the bus. Uh, I'm going to preach it on the train. Uh, come on, in the name of Jesus. Uh, it don't matter where you get the miracle at. Uh, I'm not looking for a grand entrance. Uh, I'm not looking for a black stallion. Uh, I'm not looking for the Lord uh, to ride in on a white horse. Uh, Lord, if you want to have this next revival, put me on a donkey, then let me walk in uh, on a donkey. If you want to ride in uh, in something that is not highly esteemed, uh, but you're getting the glory from it, uh, Lord, as long as you get your glory. Is there somebody in this room today that's got a hunger? Is there somebody in this room tonight that has a hunger? A thirst? I'm passionate. Hallelujah. Oh, my man. Jesus, the miraculous, can come in radical ways. And it's too much for a religious spirit. I remember praying for a man one time that had a tumor. And as I was praying for this young man with the tumor in his stomach the size of a softball, it was going down slowly but surely. But it wasn't moving fast enough. I felt as though whatever it was was being stubborn. I was convinced That if I was willing to do something different, unorthodox, I'd see the miracle. But what was unorthodox, if it did not happen, I would run the risk of not only never being invited, but being tagged. I had to make a choice. Am I going to protect my reputation? Am I willing to sacrifice it to see the glory of God? I told the young man, I said, "Won't you lift your hands?" He lifted his hands up. I punched a man. Not like, I'm talking about a George Foreman haymaker punch. The pastor, when they heard the blow and the sound go through the building, and them go, oof, the preacher, the pastor of the church looks up because It was actually his first time ever having me, and that was by accident. And he really thought he made an accident. I told the young man, I said, now check his stomach. Next thing you know, he starts crying, not because of pain, because his softball-sized tumor disappeared instantly. I was in another revival. There was a man whose shoulder had been dislodged from a major tree accident. It was all dislocated and everything. Began to pray for him. Nothing was happening. I said, Lift your hands. Lily reared back and gave this man the biggest karate chop I could have given him on his shoulder. When that happened, the church is looking at me like I'm crazy. All of a sudden, the man's range of motion was completely back. He starts worshiping, He starts shouting. He starts dancing before the Lord. There was an old woman. Had a tumor right here on her arm. Said, ma'am, lift your hands up. And reared back, pastor. And then they slapped the mess out of this woman's arm. You could hear it from the front door all the way to the back door of the church. All I remember her saying was, Jesus. She wasn't expecting it. (laughs) I said, now look at your arm. She starts shouting and dancing. Can we do me a favor? Can we cut the tape? Or the pause? It. Is there a way to pause? Please make sure this is paused and not being broadcast.